You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Welcome everyone to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. I'm Rachel, thanks for joining us today. On this episode, I talked with Yancey Arrington, our teaching pastor, Lisa Carden, our Director of Children's Ministry, and Kyle Mikulin, our Student Director at Clear Lake, about what it means when we say that parents are the primary disciple makers of our children, and about a new podcast coming up from Clear Creek Resources called Partnering with Parents. Let's listen. All right, welcome guys to the podcast. It's good to have you guys here. This is a fun group. It's a different group. We have Yancey and Lisa and Kyle, y'all are both work together a lot, obviously, but in different areas. So I introduced you already, but tell me a little bit about really everything you do at our church. So Lisa, you start. Okay. I have the privilege of overseeing a lot of volunteers that do an amazing job of uh, leading babies through fifth graders to uh, become fully devoted followers of Jesus. So teaching the gospel every Sunday to babies through fifth graders. That is a big job. Babies to fifth graders is is a spectrum. And an awesome job, yes. Well, we have some amazing volunteers, great staff. And uh, so I oversee all of the ministry at all the campuses. Okay, yeah. So you'll see me at all of them. Yeah, we do see you too. They might not know they see you, but you're there. You're behind directing everything. Yes. We're really grateful for you. Oh, thank you. What about you, Kyle? You're... So I'm the student director at the Clear Lake campus, which means that I work with 6th through 12th grade. Um, and primarily what that role looks like is really building a team of volunteers to come alongside and disciple students to help them grow in their faith, to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. And so uh, a lot of my job as far as the Clear Lake campus is concerned is specifically towards building that team of volunteers. So finding those loving adults to come alongside those kids in those different age ranges, because that too is a spectrum, 6th to 12th mm-hmm. grade. And oh, so yeah. finding the right people to step into those spaces, to love on those kids and meet them where they're at because the difference between a sixth grader and a 12th grader is large as well. Yeah, Yeah, thank goodness. Yeah. My daughter's in sixth grade this year. And so (laughs) we just moved from, you know, Lisa's space to this space. And yeah, sixth graders, I mean, her babysitters are there with her and it's different. It's a different (laughs) space. It's still, it's awesome. Yeah. And And then centrally, and then centrally for student ministry, I uh, give oversight to kind of our teaching. And so, um, help develop and come up with student ministry sermon series and content as far as that's concerned, and then work with our student ministry small groups team as a whole. So that's like my student Mm -hmm. ministry world role. Yeah. So Yancy, what do you do? No one one knows. I don't know either. No. Uh, I'm the teaching pastor. So one of the primary responsibilities that I have among the others is uh, I oversee the teaching ministry of the church and the doctrinal direction of the church. And so put together who preaches when and where and what teams that we have uh, that are at different campuses, deployed to different campuses. And, uh, and then um, really try to help with Bruce orchestrate what our uh, I oversee the teaching team, but part of what we do is put together like sermon series, somewhat like what, what, what Kyle mm-hmm. does with student ministry, uh, I do for the church at large. So you can already hear even in uh, how you're describing <clears throat> responsibilities, you know, how much there is that goes into what is happening on Sundays and for the discipleship of, you know, babies all the way through, you know, adults. Um, it's a lot. Um, and part of that is really this, this that that's part of our goal is to make fully devoted disciples. 
And something I've heard a lot here ever since I've been at Clear Creek is that the primary responsibility of making disciples for, for kids is the parent. Right, I hear that a lot. Didn't you write an article about this? Um, I'm sure I have. I think I think <laughs> there's an article that we'll link to that you actually wrote. Like that um, is the parents' responsibility. So when we say that, what what are we what do we mean by that? Well, you know, we're all called. Jesus calls all of us to go and make disciples. A disciple, kind of technically, in the, from the original language, simply just means learner, a learner of Jesus. We would say that's to make a follower of Jesus, someone who you know you would just call, I guess, in our culture, a Christian. And our job is to disciple people that come to Christ in the faith. And the, when you look at the scriptures, it's overwhelmingly weighted towards parents that do that with their children. And so one of the things that we've talked about, whether we've preached about it or we've written it in an article or what have you, is um, one of the foundational texts of scriptures, Deuteronomy 6.4, it's known in Jewish circles as the Shema because mm-hmm. that's the first word in the Hebrew. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. And then it goes on to say, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, uh, what Jesus called the greatest commandment. And then after that, uh, the instruction from Deuteronomy is really to the people of Israel, which is like, all right, now teach these things to your children. Uh, when they when they sit down and when they when they, when they lie down to go to bed and when they wake up and when they're you know you're going about like basically throughout the day uh, use your opportunity as a parent to disciple your kids and what's amazing about that text is man they had priests and they they had uh, religious leaders and yet the foundational call to growing children in the faith isn't weighted towards them, it's weighted to the parent. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, let me just say from the very beginning, like I, that doesn't mean that the church isn't involved, and I know we're going to talk about that. Like, we're a body, and so we, we, we network together to grow all kinds of people in the faith, not the least of which is our children. But as far as like the primary responsibility, you know, Howard Hendricks once said, I believe he was a professor from DTS, and found a, a survey of time, and it was like, kids spend 1% of their time at church. They spend 16% of their time at school. They spend 83, I hope this adds up to 100. They spend 83%, I'm not looking at anything, so I'm trying to get off my head. <clears throat> they spend 83% of their time at home. And especially when they're younger, you know, as they get older, they have a car, things, those, those numbers change a little bit. But still, it's, if you're going to spend that much time at your home with your family, with your parents, uh, there's just no, there's no greater influence on a child than a mom and a dad. Mm-hmm. So I think the Bible understands that. It acknowledges that. Uh, you go to Ephesians 6.4, it kind of focuses on fathers. Fathers, don't, don't provoke your kids. Don't exasperate them, but train them in the way they should go, get in the instruction of the Lord. So even in the New Testament, we have the same spirit of, hey, parents, uh, that's part of your role, and it's a primary role. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's why we say that. Mm-hmm. Parents are the primary disciple makers. Yeah, even like listening to you talk about the, the time <clears throat> that they're with us versus other places. I think when people here um, make disciples, they think in terms of you have to be teaching them all the time, which is part of it, which, you know, we're already talking about. But, but part of that, too, is like just who you are as a parent. And so even just your influence, how you are acting and what your values are and, you know, all of that is part of this disciple-making process, I think. Yeah. I think, too, with that, like the, the, the thought process that, okay, if I'm not discipling my kid, then they're not being discipled. But that's not actually true yeah. because 
the, the reality is everyone's being discipled at all times. It just depends on what it is that's actually discipling them. And so even to look at the text that Yancey quoted in Deuteronomy, where it t- hero Israel, the Lord your God is one. They're coming out of this like polytheistic environment, being in Egypt. They're coming out of that many gods they worshiped. And so they're being told like, hey, the Lord is one. And if you don't disciple your heart in that, then you're, you're, you're going to continue to buy into that kind of cultural narrative. And I, when I think about student ministry and just the world today about, you know, the amount of voices that come after the hearts of our young people, our kids, they too, while we might not uh, worship multiple gods, there are things and voices that if they're not being discipled into that on a regular and consistent, consistent basis, then they buy into those voices too. Like those things will disciple them mm-hmm. and shape their hearts and shape their lives. And so as the parent being the most consistent figure, this is why the primary role is theirs is because they're with them all the time to speak the truth of the gospel. That doesn't mean that they're responsible for, um, it's not a control thing, like I can control all of this to happen or make my kid believe this, that, and the other, but they can come alongside and guide in the midst of that to deal with some of those voices the way that culture tries to pull in other ways. Yeah, I think that's really helpful because I think when we hear discipleship, we think that's a church term, Hmm. but you're really saying that's just a part of life. Yeah. We're all being discipled. We're all like, we're all loving something and directing our lives in some way. That's just a part of life. Mm. It's not necessarily just if you're going to church or being discipled <clears throat> and other people aren't. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's not always intentional, you know, and so it, your kids are watching you. So it, they look at what you spelt, spend time on. They look at what you spend your money on. They look at... You know, are are you faithful to go to church? Are you reading your Bible? Do you seem to love God? You know, so whether you're saying all of those things or doing specific things with them, they're still picking up on how you feel about God and Christianity and your faith. Mm -hmm. And uh, so share it, you know. That's the important thing in parenting is helping them learn to be in this world is to share with them what you're going through, you know, share with them what you're learning, share with it. You know, you don't have to have a doctorate degree and understand all this stuff. Just share where you are and pray with them Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, read the Bible together. And so it's uh, as simple as they're going to be imitating you. So, Yeah. yeah, I mean, I am just thinking about, I have four kids and, um, this can this can be just really intimidating. You know, the thought that this is really your responsibility can just sound scary. I mean, I, a couple of days ago, drove my um, nine-year-old daughter a, a two minutes from our house to where she goes to dance. And she was like, hey, I just wanted to ask you, why why would God let some someone something evil into the garden? Like, why? And I was like, okay, well, we have 45 more seconds to have that conversation <laughs> while we're together in the car. But I mean, you know, and I'm sort of in the middle of this world. That's, it's intimidating, you know, and that's something really, even though it's a complicated question, it's a simple scenario. But for a lot of parents, when they hear, this is my responsibility, that's scary. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a hard thing. And so I appreciate that you're saying, just be honest and just share yeah. your own faith with them. But what else can people do who are just like, wow, I'm not prepared to do that? Well, I mean, I I think one thing, when you get those hard questions, go with them and figure it out together, you know? And so it's a learning time for you and for them. It's okay for you to say, I have no idea, you know? And then just kind of go on a search together and teach them how to 
find out things in the Bible or how to use their Bible or how to use resources of people or other things. So I think that's important. Um, I think we have some really good story Bibles that we recommend for the littles. And uh, I think it's good to just make it a habit of reading through those at night. Mm -hmm. You know, that's as simple as that, Mm -hmm. praying with your kid, letting them hear you say their name in prayer. Mm -hmm. I've been in small group with adults that have never heard anybody say their name in prayer. And that is truly sad. It is. And so, you know, something as simple as that. And like I said, just being honest with them about where you are, what you're learning, you know, what's your small group doing, all of those things. I love that. One of my, I mean, I always say that my favorite teachers ever are the ones who say, I don't know, sometimes, because that's true of every teacher. No matter who you're sitting under, you know, there are things that that we don't know the answer to, and that's okay. And so the honesty of that allows your kids to be honest when they don't know, which I think is, is really a beautiful thing. You're just, that's another example of just showing them what it looks like to be a disciple. And you don't want them to grow up thinking you're the only one with the answers. Mm -hmm. You know, you want them to know how to figure it out on their own or how to search it out on their own. or, And so this just helps them do that. Mm -hmm. And I think, too, to that point, you know, it fail. Like when we talk about being not feeling equipped, I think what the real fear behind not being equipped is that I might fail or I might mess up, which, listen, parenting, when you think about the different discipleship relationships, the hardest one, because the people in your small group, you go home, right? Mm-hmm. They see you in that time period. They, you might grab coffee. You might see each other time to time, but your kids watch you every second of the day. And I think God's aware of that. He knows that. And so when it comes to the concept of like, your kids are going to be watching you for the majority of the time. What was that? 88% of the time? 83% of the 83%, time. 83%. Like they're going to see you mess up. And so God, who in his divine sovereignty, who knows that that's going to be the relationship that you're going to have with your kids I think it's not, un, or it's it's a must that he is built into the fact that your own failure as a parent can also be part of the discipleship process for your children. Because when you mess up, that gets you opportunities to model grace, that gives you opportunities to model confession, that gives you opportunities to model like, I'm not the hero. Because mm-hmm. the goal of the goal of um, parenting isn't perfection. I think it's faithfulness where you get to like faithfully time and time again, draw them back to like, here's who Jesus is. And here's who, and your own failures just like make that visible and tangible for people. So it, it's a part of the process, uh, the growth that comes from becoming more and more equipped. It's part of the process of discipleship. And so I think we embrace it. It's hard, it's sticky. I don't think you want to, you know, those are not fun moments where you have to go to your kid and be like, yeah, I messed up. Hmm. Like, no one likes that. Those words are hard and they probably hurt. Where you have to go back and apologize. Like, I was really hard on this and I handled this wrong, you know. But it is a part of discipleship. It's a part of the process. Yeah, I mean, I think even one of the hardest things for adults, you're, you're saying adults don't hear their name prayed out loud, which really is so sad. But uh, for so many adults, it's hard for them to trust in God, to trust that mm. He's faithful and steadfast and loving because of their parental relationships. And so even in the midst, like you're talking about, of you know the failure, there's an opportunity to show who God is. Yes. You know, love and forgiveness and grace and all, all of those things are part of the conflict where they you can build trust so that one day, whenever they're old enough and they get it, they know that God really can be trusted. Yeah. 
I heard this. There was a guy who I know he's in ministry. He was sharing this with me. It was he, he used it as a humorous way, but he would be going going to his kid's room at night to read them a book, and they'd be sitting there listening, and he would close the book when he was done, and they'd be like, Dad, keep reading, keep reading. And he would walk to the light and be like, your friends will fail you, mom and dad will fail you, but Jesus will never fail you. And he'd shut the light off and walk out. <laughs> like, that's cruel, and that kid might have, <laughs> might have some uh, problems with that, but they learned that like Jesus... Yeah, Jesus won't fail you. And that's really the goal of discipleship is that when your kids can trust that Jesus will be with them and care for them when all other relationships will fail. Because if if their faith is just, um, they might have this great faith when they have this perception of their parents being perfect. And it, but as they get older, they see through that. They see through that thin veil of like, oh, this is not, there was, there was a lot of flaws here that I didn't see because they're there, right? Mm-hmm. None of us are perfect. And so, and that's true of our parenting too. And that it, when those things aren't brought to the light, that can be shattering later down in the road. We, we talk about this like deconstruction deal. How many kids that we sit with where it's like, uh, it, it was just a byproduct of not having that transparency of failing mm-hmm. and vulnerability from the parent to student relationship. So mm-hmm. I think it's really important. Yep, I agree. I agree with all that. I think that um, far too often kind of the great American narrative is that uh, it's your moral authority that you speak from, but but quite often in the Christian world, there there's a place, and you got to kind of frame it correctly, but for a parent to speak from their immoral authority. What I mean by that is, you know, some of the greatest moments I've ever had with my parents is not when they succeeded, it's when they mm-hmm. failed and they repented. And so uh, far too often parents unknowingly make Jesus kind of the great American product. So get Jesus in your life, little kid, so you can make better grades, so you can mm-hmm. obey mommy and daddy, so you can... We, he's almost just like some kind of product you put in your back pocket to make you perform better. And, mm-hmm. and you hear a little bit of that sometimes in baptism stories, if you're not careful, where it's like, you know, I went from making C's to making A's, and now I have more friends. And, and you know, you don't get on to kids because kids have a hard time framing anything because they're children. But the danger with that is, well, what happens when little Johnny gets a C and uh, still loves Jesus? Did Jesus fail him? And what, what, what happens when, when you know, little Susie doesn't have friends because she's grown up and she got tall all of a sudden, all of her friends got real short, she feels really weird about herself, and where's Jesus in that? And I, I think you you, you got to make sure that you're painting the, the right pictures of who Jesus is and what he's here for mm-hmm. and about a kingdom. Uh, and a whole lot of that is about not making you be a better student or a nicer person, or a prettier boy, a girl, or a more handsome boy. It's about being faithful to the kingdom of God. That like Jesus never gave a different standard or picture for children that he did for adults. Hmm. Salvation's always been the same thing. And so uh, I resonate when both Lisa and Kyle talk about like, you know, you just want to be authentic and honest and appropriately authentic and honest with your children. You don't want to overshare things that, that aren't good for kids that aren't at the maturity of the level that they need to be to hear everything you have to say. But in some of my sweetest moments with my family, and I had a father who came to Christ late in life. He was 42. And so I knew what he was like before Jesus and after Jesus. And still, uh, he wasn't perfect after Jesus by any stretch. Uh, my mom reminded him of that all the time. <clears throat> so, But some of my greatest moments with my father that, I, that impressed me about the gospel was not, when he, was not when he obeyed. It's when he disobeyed and repented. And so I've tried to kind of keep the grace of repentance really in front and center with my own kids' life, where I've gone, gone into them like, hey, this is where your dad messed it up. But listen, man, I'm not, I'm not following Jesus because I'm perfect. I'm following Jesus because he's perfect and I'm imperfect. 
And so if anything, I want my kids to, to, to leave my home not thinking their dad or mom were uh, incredibly obedient all the time, though we'd like to be, but we're not. But they were, they were I, I appreciate what you said, Kyle, like it's really about being faithful. And we're trying to be faithful to Jesus even in our unfaithfulness. Uh, to remind our kids that even when we're unfaithful, Jesus is faithful to us because of the goodness of the gospel. Because I really want people, people, I want my children walking away thinking that Jesus is the hero. Mm -hmm. And uh, dad was okay, uh, (laughs) but they really, he knew who to trust in. So, because that's just going to happen to their own lives. And they're going to, it won't always be sunshine and rainbows. That as you, as you get older and you mature and you become an adult, just things happen. We talk about stuff happens. And so you want your children to grow into adults that know how to follow Jesus when stuff happens. Yeah. And that's, that's when, when kids are little, um, you're protecting them. But you're always moving towards pr- uh, preparing them. Like you, you got to move somewhere from protection to preparation so that by the time they're older, and you're, you don't have your influence just changes because you got a different role. So, I mean, Lisa could probably talk about this a whole lot more because she's got. Marissa and Drew and Haley, and they're not at home. I still have kids at home, right? And so do you, and so do you. Like, you're just starting. Just so, starting. Um, but, you know, you want your kids to leave, and they're, gonna, they're adults, uh, and you, you want them to be prepared when they leave. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure that there's a lot of tension of like, oh, I, want, I wish I had this, the role that I used to have, but um, they just, you have another, another seed in their life. And so I'm starting to see that already with my kids. I got one as a senior in high school, about to leave. And... Uh, I care more about his preparation than his protection uh, because I'm not going to be there to protect him. Mm -hmm. So he's got to be ready. So all that stuff, uh, I say all that to say I I just think part of that preparation is uh, is engaging discipleship when you fail, not just when you succeed. And and so people have a better picture of who Jesus is. Your kids have a clearer picture of who Jesus is and why he's so necessary. Um, He's not the great American product. He's the God of the universe who's Mm -hmm. come to redeem us. Well, um, just listening to all of you talk, um, I just hear two themes. Tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, one is really who who you are as a disciple maker. So it's really about your own personal discipleship. You know, do you know what the gospel is? How are you living out that faith? You know, how are you preparing your kids, which is all based on how, if you're faithful or not, if you're showing faithfulness or not. Um, and then another one is just the gospel centrality of parenting, um, because I think that is a really just helpful, even practical, doesn't sound like it is, but it's answer for people who are like, I can't do this. Well, if you are centered in the gospel as a family, you really can. You know, I mean, that's what it sounds like to me in all of your examples, because the gospel is about grace and Jesus and, and faith in him. And we can all do that no matter what. Yeah. Uh, not to hog the, the question, but what I, what I would say, encourage people's parents is, Listen, as you're growing in the gospel, like people say, I don't know anything. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm a baby Christian. How am I going to disciple my kids? Well, much as what Lisa said, you just do it together. Do it together. Here's what I'm learning. You know, I, I, I invoked uh, Lisa's kids, but I always think about, there's an illustration I used a long time ago about how we rub off on our children. And it was a picture, actually, uh, I think of, of uh, it might have been a baby shower for Marissa's first child. And uh, and if it's not, just laugh like it was. But I think it was like this. That would be great. So this this would be Lisa's granddaughter. And no kidding, the picture was a room full of of gifts, and it was all Aggie stuff. I mean, it was all maroon and white. (laughs) And uh, and so like, listen. So Mark and Lisa are Aggies. They're three kids. 
All three of them Aggies? All yeah. three of them Aggies. And I'm assuming... That her, is discipleship right her there. Her I'm telling you. That's yeah. my whole point. My point <laughs> is... No, 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 no. I'm glad that you... It, that's my whole point is discipleship is really the overflow of what you love. Hmm. You know? You don't... It's not a, it's not a, it's not a uh, chore if... Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that wasn't a chore to do that. And, you know, you will do that. You went to UT. I went to Baylor. No one knows where Kyle yeah. went. Um, <laughs> you know, some <laughs> random place. But I'm just saying you... you it's easy to disciple things when it flows, uh, it's an overflow of what you love in your life. Mm-hmm. And your kids are going to do those things that you love. Hmm. And so all you're trying to do as a parent is you don't have to know everything. You're just trying to, you're trying to deepen your love for Jesus. Mm-hmm. So hmm. if you can do that, that'll be so impactful for your kids, whether you have a memorized scripture or um, they read this Bible or that kind of story Bible, just the fact that you love Jesus mm-hmm. uh, and grow in that. That's all you have to do as a parent ultimately is try to grow in your love mm-hmm. for Jesus. And your kids will see that, that you don't make Jesus weird that you just talk about Jesus like you talk about anything else, whether it's football or dance or whatever. Like Jesus is just a normal thing that you talk about. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, all that being said, you know, Lisa and Kyle have incredible. Re- like we're we're not asking parents to do this alone. When we talk about right. partnering with parents. That's their expertise. That's a huge thing that we do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that that is is really important for people to know. So we are saying you can do it, but nobody can do it alone. Yeah. Like even even if you're trying to do this all by yourself, even if you are have a doctorate and you've been a Christian for 40 years, you cannot do this by yourself. We're meant to do this, like you said, way earlier yeah. as a body, yeah. as a church. And so part of what we want to do at Clear Creek is to partner with parents, is to come alongside them and disciple kids when we have them, but also help parents along. So h- how do we do that? You guys are both really involved in that in different ways. I have twofold kind of answer that. The way we do in student ministry is helping equip in some way, shape, or form, and then also the community of faith. So the equipping portion, primarily what I mean by that is uh, resources um, that speak to parenting. Now, like Yancey pointed out, like I'm just new to this whole parenting game. So take everything I say with a grain of salt, first off. <laughs> Second, uh, the I, I often view myself more as a connector in this conversation because I haven't parented sixth through 12th grade students. Like I haven't, I haven't journeyed through that. So I, a lot of times view myself as a connector when it comes to resources. Um, so I'm trying to connect you to the right resource, connect you to the right person. Um, I can... I would consider myself to some degree, I hold this term very loosely, but an expert in student culture. Mm-hmm. Like I, I try to stay up on what's going on in the lives of students um, so that I can help with those things. Adolescent development, we have tons of resources about all that stuff. And so I try to put as much uh, as I can resources in the hands of parents to equip them in the midst of that process. So um, resources on student development is a big deal. But then also just like what we're what we're doing in student ministry, we want parents to know. Like we want to share that information. Hey, we're going to be talking about this. We try to get that out early to parents so that they can be having similar conversations and use the resources that we're creating to to go alongside um, their own conversations. Also when when parents pick students up for group from small group on on Wednesday or Sunday night. They pick them up and they get in the car and they can start to dialogue and have conversations about the stuff that we've talked about. So all of that goes into how we equip them to have conversations. And there's more. Um, and we've done different things in different seasons on how we do that. It's kind of looking at the pulse of where students are at to gauge how we can best help parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the second thing is the community of faith. That's, that's probably the biggest one. Like 
we've said you can't do it alone. And so other voices in the life of your kid is a way that we partner with you as a parent. So there's a guy named Ben Trueblood who is the director of student ministry at Lifeway. And he did this really long study. He's been doing it for decades now, just kind of tracking um, uh, what students are doing, students who are plugged into the church, what they do with their faith after high school. And there's this statistic where he says 88% of students who dropped out of their faith after high school, dropped out of church, said that they had no other voices in their life about God or faith coming from their church. No other voices. Like no one was speaking into them, talking about faith, answering questions, modeling it for them, living life with them. They had zero presence from other people outside of their own home. And that just proves to be not enough, 88%. Mm. So, uh, and that, that's just a, that dives into a really big issue that go, you can take that a million different ways. But the, the, what we try to do in student ministry through the role of a, a student navigator is to provide other voices in the life of uh, your student to, to, to walk alongside your student in, in similar ways that you are. So um, that's one of the ways we partner with you because sometimes, especially in those high school years, your kids start to get like, like your voice just doesn't seem to be as effective as it once was. It's like, go take out the trash and you said it like the 10th time and they just aren't hearing it. Uh, sometimes other voices that can come alongside equipped with the gospel to speak truth. It's like, it just clicks. It just hears, I, I hear parents all the time. Like I've been telling my kid that for for years and they just haven't seemed to get it. And then small group leader comes alongside and they say it and they get it the first time. Mm-hmm. It's the power of another voice. Uh, and those are just important. So that's how we kind of partner with parents and student ministry. There's other things we do, but I'd say those are the two big ones, equipping and then just the community of faith aspect of it. That's yeah. awesome. And I know it's true. Like my daughter, like I said, just started, but I can already see both of those things. And mm. It's exciting. And it's exciting to be able to trust the people who are, who are doing it. Yeah. You know, to be, completely trust giving your kid to these small group leaders, you For know. Sure and trusting these resources that you guys are providing. That's one of the things I say often to parents when I, I mean, like, just thank you for trusting mm-hmm. us with this. Because I understand that's a big deal. Like, to trust us with the discipleship of your kid and to let us partner with you, we don't take that lightly. We think that that is a, um, that's a gift to have your trust in that way. And so there's a lot that goes into who we let be navigators mm-hmm. and who don't. We, we, just because it's students, we don't hold them to a lower standard than what we do our adult navigators. The highest standard is what we hold them to because you're, you're discipling people. You're caring for their souls in the midst yeah. of that. Part of that, I would say, is one of the reasons that those parents can trust you uh, with their kids in you know, junior and high school is because they've already been doing it with children's ministry. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, they've already had... I mean, I, I would think the hardest thing to do is give over your babies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I think Lisa and those uh, leaders really have the hard task of, you know, from everything. Not only want you to teach, is this place even safe? Yeah. I mean, physically, are we, you know, is this a safe place because of the world that we live in? So, I mean, you've, you've, you've got to be the first domino that falls for parents with the ministry that you guys do. Oh, absolutely. And, and we do consider it such an honor when they do let us be a part of their children's life. And uh, we have all kinds just for people that have maybe not uh, come and been a part of, of the children's ministry. We have a lot of safety features at play, you know, from background checks to uh, training of volunteers and even our spaces, making sure that they're safe and 
so because we know that parents won't leave their children with us if they don't feel like it's a safe place mm-hmm. and a clean place and a fun place and all those things. And uh, we also want them to be comfortable going into the auditorium, although we don't uh, babysit so you can go to the auditorium. Mm-hmm. We take on the full responsibility of we're going to teach the gospel. You know, we have no idea what a baby can comprehend. So we're not going to take any chances. We have one hour. We're going to teach them the gospel mm-hmm. and uh, not, and we're going to take advantage of every hour that we get with your children. We always say we're kind of the, the conversation starter is what we'd like to be. We introduce a concept when you bring your children to children's ministry, and then we give you um, questions and activities and things you can do throughout the week, because what we'd like for you to do is just keep that going throughout the week and go deeper with it or just reinforce it more and more. And so as a parent, we just give you topics and things to talk about that maybe you wouldn't have thought of. You know, we've just talked about how hard it is to know how do you disciple your kid. Well, you know, look at what we're teaching and then talk to them about what they heard and, you know, do the activities, ask the questions, do all of that. So that's one of the things we do. We also have resources for you, um, whether it's parenting books or um, children's books or Bibles or Bible story books or all the things. Uh, We have a, a salvation class that uh, parents can go to with their child because what we want to do is give you common language so that when you walk away from that class and you keep talking to your child about what it means to be a follower of Christ, you have common language Mm -hmm. um, that they can understand and you've both heard the same language so you can keep using it. We don't want them to hear one thing one way at church And then when you go home, they hear it different, and then it takes a while for them to figure out it's the same thing. We're all Mm -hmm. saying the same thing. Uh, So we have those for you to walk through with your child so that then you can walk through that whole process with them of uh, when they decide to make faith their own. Mm -hmm. Uh, So those are just a few of the resources we have. But yes, we want Sunday morning to or Wednesday night, whenever you bring your child to church, to be a... um, kind of conversation starter. Mm-hmm. We're going to present the gospel to them. Uh, one of the things Yancey said earlier about people not being perfect, when we present Bible stories, we present it in a way that this was just a person. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus and God are the heroes. You know, they were the ones who did whatever happened. And the story is about them. It's not about that person mm-hmm. uh, to kind of bring that all back to gospel centrality. Mm-hmm. So from the very beginning. And just as someone who's had their kids go through both uh, children's ministry and student ministry, and and two of them are still in student ministry, I mean, I can just attest that, um, I mean, I I remember when Jennifer let, I think Jennifer was probably much easier letting our first son, Thatcher, you know, when he was a baby, go into children's ministry, only because we, we, we were actually, we were good friends, obviously, with Mark and Lisa and everybody else. That ran the children's ministry, but and we've had friends over the years like I, they all can remember the first day that they let their kids go, <laughs> right? Because it was like a big deal because they've yeah. never had their these are babies, you know. Where, and uh, it, they almost celebrated like the, the mom and the dad, like oh, you know, I don't know if they're going to last an hour. And and um, and it only took one Sunday or you know Wednesday night, whenever it was, for them to kind of go. All right, this was good. 
But it, it really, when Lisa says, and I appreciate that over the years they've tried to kindly emphasize, like, this really isn't babysitting. We're not, mm-hmm. we're not Christian daycare. We really are trying to disciple your kids. Uh, because every week that we would pick up our kids, uh, often we had a sheet of paper that they handed to us, like, here's what your kid learned, and here's a way that you can carry on and continue this conversation with your, with your child. And the reason I think that's so important to stress, especially for the parents who didn't grow up being discipled by their parents, right? So they, they really have zero frame of reference. Hmm. And they're hoping that, that right now their strategy is drop them off and raise my kids spiritually for me, which does not, it's not helpful. It's not, it's not, it's not the best. And so what I appreciate about what Lisa uh, and their team does, and by the way, the team that she's had, there, there are a lot of leaders she's had there. For, I mean, we're talking for, for decades plus, um, which I think speaks highly of, of that ministry. I mean, they, they really do plan on like, <clears throat> here's an easy way. I mean, these are just questions just to ask your kid to stay engaged so that, so that the, the words of Jesus, the word Jesus never has to come out of your mouth just once a week because that's where it's going to be awkward. Mm-hmm. If all you talk about is Jesus, and you really don't even talk about Jesus much, we talk about going to church when really we are the church. That's just a harder way to do it. So I, I think what our, our children's, our age-graded ministries do, they work really hard to make it really easy mm-hmm. to just carry on a conversation. And that alone... Again, that alone makes discipleship. It just greases the wheels as your kids get older for them to think, wow, talking about Jesus is not, it's not a weird thing to do. It's not awkward. It's not unusual. It's just what we do hmm. uh, because I got four questions in here uh, that had to do with the lesson that they learned. And that's, that's the kind of partnership where it's like it's not all on the top shelf. This is, this is bottom shelf stuff yeah. that... Uh, Parents can take advantage. Now, there are going to be some parents that do a lot of other things, right? Catechism, they, they got a whole list, and we were kind of that family. But uh, at Clear Creek, we just don't have an excuse not to be able to disciple our kids at every at any place we are spiritually as parents because they work really hard to make it pretty easy. Well, I think that that's helpful, too, because when we when you said earlier, we don't want Christianity to be something that's in your back pocket, you know, that's for some other reason, like, oh, we're, we have kids now, so we have to go to church once a week, and that's just part of what we do as an American family. Um, this, that sounds really, really bad, but for some people they're like, that isn't what it's supposed to be. Like, I actually thought that's what it was. So they, you know, like, so just to give people something like, here's what it looks like to just start incorporating it into your week, even children's ministry resources are a perfect way to do that. You know, here's how you can start to make it just a part of your family where it's not just in your back pocket because no one's doing it on purpose. You know, it's just, we don't know what to do with it. It's a perfect example of partnering with parents, I think. I think you guys do it so well. And I'll also say I'm in First Impressions at 528, and I always tell people when we have new families, I'm like, the easiest thing for me to say out of anything is, oh, your, your kid's going to love it. Your kid's going to love it. Okay. And that's not like the goal, but it's true. I have just such complete confidence that when I take a new family with new little kids back there, they're going to have a great time. They're going to hear the gospel and they're going to come they're going to come home with resources and their parents are going to feel secure and like wow, this was amazing. I hear it from new families and I just know it to be true from my own experience too. So, it really is a good gift that I hope people realize is happening here. Cuz it's good. Yeah, I mean, we we love it when kids don't want to leave. Yeah. Or, you know, the next week they're so excited to be coming back. So uh, definitely fun is a is a big part of it mm-hmm. for sure. My kids are like, can we double dip this week? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> That's so we, awesome. we always want to partner with parents, which I think this is a really, this conversation has been really helpful. We're actually going to start a new podcast. It's going to be part of Clicker Resources, but it's going to be directed towards parents. Like they are the primary disciple makers, but we want to partner with them. And it's actually going to be called Partnering with Parents. So Kyle, you're going to be our host of that podcast. Yep. And so just tell us a little bit about why we're doing it and what it can look like. Well, everything we just said now, just to continue the conversation, another way that we can provide parents with resources um, in a consistent, regular rhythm outside of our normal, like social media, it just provides so many opportunities for us to step into your life. And so to get those types of resources into your back pocket as much as we can is helpful. Mm -hmm. Questions that your kid might be asking you, um, things that they might be struggling with and wrestling with, or it's like that tr those transitional seasons where you're like, you're going from fifth to sixth grade. That's a hard one. Or why we do certain things that we do in student ministry and children's ministry. Um, mm -hmm. And I also said, like, like I said earlier, like I view myself as a connector, so I'm glad that I'm hosting this thing because one of the th ways that God has really blessed Clear Creek Community Church is just the the staff that we have, but also just the people we have. So to invite people who have journeyed through a lot of the stuff that you're probably dealing with and to sit and have conversations, I know I'm going to learn a lot, but also uh, I think it's just going to be useful. And people that you might not have had a conversation with, you get to see and listen to like the things mm -hmm. that they've done, the places that they've been, what they've learned, how they talk to their kids about faith and how they discipled them. So that's going to kind of be the gist of it, um, being able to just bring as much out into the open and be as transparent and open as possible with that, it's going to be good. Yeah, so. I'm really excited about it. I mean, just listening to you guys talking today, I mean, I already said this, but it's really about, um, this is what we want to talk about, though, in the podcast, because it's going to be part of Clear Creek Resources, the, the person, so who you are as a parent, hmm. and then the principles, so some of the doctrine. We're, we're going to talk through some of that, help you answer some of those questions, and then just the practicalities. What, what are those issues that come up? that you have to deal with, just conversations around all those things that we can't necessarily talk about on Sunday or on Wednesday. You know, so just like you're saying, keep that conversation going. I think, I know it's going to be really, really helpful for parents. I'm yeah. excited about it. I am too. So if there's somebody who um, is listening and they go to church on Sunday and they, like, like y'all saying, they didn't grow up in a home that this was really part of their family life. What would be a first step? So we've given lots of ways we help, lots of things they can do. But if they just want to take that first, you know, baby step, what's the first thing you would tell them that they could do to start to think through what it looks like to be a parent and disciple their kids? Let me start. Yeah, yeah. You take this one <laughs> with the littles. Yeah, uh -huh. um, I think consistently coming to church. Uh, is a big one. And sometimes it's hard with mm. our schedules and sickness and all the things. But when you make it a priority, then we just talked about how kids are watching you. And so they're watching how you spend your time. And if it's a priority for you to go to small group, for you to um, come to church, for you to serve at church, all of those things. Um, and, and then I think taking what we start on Sunday or Wednesday and following through, um, it it helps kids to see that what they did for that hour was important when mom and dad want to talk about it. Mm. Uh, so it's very important for you to ask a question, for you to be interested in what they did and not just throw it all away on the way out the door. You know, because then it's like, well, that was a waste 
mom and dad just stuck me there, but it mm. wasn't important what we did there. And so just those little things like that just make a big deal for kids. Um, I'd say praying with your kids, praying for them, helping them to pray. And then the book, the story Bibles for the littles, reading the Bible, uh, you know, just trying to make that a regular practice. It may not be every night, mm. you know, schedules happen, sickness happens, you know. So I would say don't get discouraged when something happens and it messes up a little routine you start. Just it's a lifestyle. So, you know, take it as a marathon. You know, we're going to just keep plugging away at it and do those things, and um, it'll make a big difference. And I just want to mention um, that we're going to link to some of those resources because I know you have those links, and we want people to be able to just go and click on that right now. That's good. And then uh, for, you know, when I think about the older years, you know, you're getting into student ministry, sixth grade, starting. I think that's where it's like the circle that you build around yourself that might not be an easy next step. That takes time and it's challenging, but like it's important to have people that you live life with. So join a small group. I think in the the blessing series that we did not too long ago, Yancey challenged people, whoever spoke at your campus challenged people to build out your circles, to build them out, to put people around you. It might be a person from your small group here or a person that you serve alongside that have children in similar seasons of life and you build them in your circle and you all live life together because the, the, the issues that your kids begin to deal with just get more complicated as time goes on and to, to do it with other people is just huge. And so be a part of community. I think that starts with, like Lisa said, prioritize being at church because that's where you're going to find that community of faith, the journey along with you in that. And then um, if I could recommend a resource as well, Paul David Tripp has a book called Parenting. It's four, basically just 14 principles, um, gospel principles on how you can uh, walk in a gospel-centered way in your parenting. And it's a phenomenal resource, no matter if you have really young littles or older kids out of the house. It's, I've never seen an author be able to speak to like every category of life in a way that like, that was just mm-hmm. winsome. So it, it, it just, it's good for everybody. So you can get a small group of people together to read that book with. It doesn't matter if one has like a three-year-old and one has like a 12-year-old. It's like you both could get things out of it and it's really beneficial and helpful. So yeah, those That's are the great two things. Uh, I would I would just concur with what they've said. I really appreciate uh, how how Lisa's framed that. I would tell people your first step is create habits because they're kids. Kids kids are incredibly habitual creatures when they're little, and uh, we're always we're all habitual creatures. But for children, they need mm-hmm. routine. I mean, my my wife also is an educator, and uh, she tells me a lot about philosophy of development of children. And uh, one of the main things she talks about is they, they, they really do need kind of schedule and routine. Not only does it feel safe to them, it orders their world. And so all you're really trying to do is include a gospel community in your ordered world. And mm-hmm. so I really uh, lean into what Lisa is saying when she's like, listen, get into a, a regular rhythm of attending services. Because that's, that's where you're also going to start to develop relationships over time with people that are not just mom and dad, that'll speak into their life. And I'm telling you, when you, as my kids, again, have grown up, they know their Creek kids, peewees, just terms we've used in the past, but children's ministry leaders still today, they know them, still yeah. see them, still have a relationship with them. 
Um, when, when my oldest graduated, the people that showed up weren't just his friends or people that were a part of the church, but they were his leaders. And that's really all where you just started early. And then you can be involved in that in a way where now you're, you're, you're creating grooves, um, really, that, that, that the needle's going to set in much easier in your life as you get older to, to, to be a part of gospel community. Because really, we're going to services, but you are the church, and the mm-hmm. church evidences itself in all kinds of ways. And so start those habits early. Uh, and the only thing I would add to that is to be excited about the things your kids are excited about. So they're going to come out of those those ministries, if you will, on Sunday morning, and they're going to be excited. And what you don't want to do, and, and you know, Lisa and Kyle, they're being kind, especially Lisa, because I've seen this happen all the time, and it's not willful, but what parents will do is they'll get their stuff from their kids, and they'll do something creative, like they've drawn something, like, oh, that's cute, and it goes straight into the trash, or those questions go straight into the trash. And Really, it doesn't take much, but it makes a huge difference to just be excited to what they're excited about. And you don't have to make it legalistic. It's like, well, there's five questions I have to ask all five before we get home. Pick <laughs> one of them and just be like, hey, what did you learn? Mm-hmm. Hey, what was – that's what we used to do. It's like, hey, what, what did they teach you, and what did you like most about it? And once those kids start to like, well, hey, Dad, well, I, I learned this, that's all you needed mm-hmm. uh, to be excited about. Because they're if they see that you're excited about because you get excited about the Astros, you get excited about all these other things – if you can show them that you're also excited about them learning about Jesus, that's a big first step. That's yeah. what I would say. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that. I mean, it's y'all are really both saying habits, yeah. community, and resources yeah. that we really are trying to give you as a church, but we can also recommend and come alongside you with too. And hopefully this podcast, this Partnering with Parents, is going to be an, another one that's just a helpful yeah. way yeah. to walk with you and acknowledge that it's hard, yeah. um, but that it is worth it, and that uh, ultimately we can do this together as a church community. So I'm really grateful for um, all that all of you do for discipleship in our church, all the way from babies to, you know, 90-year-olds. <laughs> grateful for all of you. Um, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having Thank me. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch the video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org, where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Again, I'm Rachel. Thanks so much for joining us today.